0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Fratello on Air. I'm Balazs Renzi coming to you from Karlsruhe, Germany, with the next installment of Meet The. Today I'm joined by the talented Mr. Alex Gravel from Val Alexander and we will be talking about watch straps, timepieces, and we'll also find out if he's a Vikings or a Timberwolves fan. So, without further ado, meet the strap maker. Alex, thanks for joining us. Um, Right off the bat... What are you wearing today? Uh, I am wearing
1: my granddad's uh, 1968 Omega Seamaster that he passed down to me nice. a few years ago. Yeah, it's wow. a very special watch.
0: So it's an it's an heirloom watch.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it was funny. He so. Uh, you know, very typical of the era. He wore it on a Spidel Twistaflex bracelet, mm-hmm. and the original bracelet. I think he bought it from his boss. He worked in sales, and his boss sold it to him for like three hundred dollars, like back in the seventies, I think. And uh, I think he bought it from him on that Spidell and he just wore it uh, for mm-hmm. decades in his career until you know the stopped working, and he never took it in for service. And I um, had the opportunity to get it serviced a few years ago with some folks I know here in Minneapolis, and. Uh, once it was finished, he just told me to hang on to it. Um, so
0: awesome. I
1: ended up getting the original bracelet, the 1098. And mm-hmm. that's pretty much what I wear it on all the time now. Just feels right.
0: Wait a second. Which is- You're wearing it on a bracelet?
1: <laughs> I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know, it's a, I, I think the reference number is one 166032. I'm not a big reference number person. I pretty much learn reference numbers just long enough to know, like, a specific watch that I'm after and then I forget it. But I, th- I think that's the one. And just something about the dimension of the lugs. They're kind of short. And I, mm-hmm. I feel like it looks a little funny on a strap. Like it just, to me, it just looks way better on the original bracelet. And I just I mm-hmm. feel like it feels right. Yeah.
0: It suits have to watch. create a strap for it, right? That's thin enough.
1: <laughs> I've tried several times. And I, <laughs> I just always find myself going back to the bracelet. I know that's that's um, heresy for a strap maker.
0: But... <laughs> Right, exactly. We're here to talk about straps, um, yeah. watches, of course, and and things like that. But listen, before we get into that, uh, tell us a bit about yourself. You know, like height, age, weight, marital status. You know, the usual, whatever <laughs> you want, whatever you want, <laughs> whatever you want. us listeners uh, uh, to know about it, Alex.
1: Six four. Love long walks on the beach, pina coladas, <laughs> exactly. dancing in the rain. Big fan. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I guess uh, as, as it relates to to Val Alexander. Uh, you know, I've, I've always just been somebody who loves to work with my hands. Uh, I used to, uh, design and make furniture with my dad. Uh, I live in Minneapolis now, but I grew up in Arkansas. When I moved to Minneapolis, I I just didn't have access to a shop and woodwork and welding. That's very, uh, space intensive, heavy equipment kind of work. Sure. And so I moved up here and, you know, I've been into watches for a long time. I started, uh, getting really enthusiastic about them early in college. And by the time I moved up here, I was pretty deep, um, had a couple nice pieces, had my Speedmaster, And, um, was it your first,
0: was, uh, real watch or your first expensive watch, the speedy?
1: I, I would say so. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think before the Speedmaster, I had like, uh, I think the, the step was from Tissot actually, uh, mm-hmm. a, a visitate to so visitate up to the Speedmaster, which I didn't like, a period of, I think three months. And I remember making that first watch purchase and just like my stomach turning, like, Oh my gosh, did I just, did I just spend that much on a watch? <laughs> but, um, it has devolved ever since. And I've unfortunately found myself spending a little bit more on other watches. Um, but that's, that's, that's all part of the sickness. But, um, no, yeah. I, I found myself in Minneapolis. I was surfing on YouTube and saw a video of a, a guy out in england making watch straps entirely by hand and i was like oh i could totally do that and uh i just i went after it pumped in you know a small investment in some um, hand tools and materials and just started started going that was in november of 2018 and i established the formal business in march of 2019. sold my first strap in january of that year so i've been at it for uh, three years actually in two days. Three year anniversary.
0: What has anniversary there? When when yeah. did we? When did I actually feature you? What Was the f- first time? Because of course we did one, and then we did a, a yeah a second basically episode where we came back after a year, I think. So it must have been yeah. in twenty nineteen, was it twenty twenty?
1: It was yeah. It was late late twenty nineteen. I think yeah, you and exactly. I had initially touched base in August of that year, and then we got the article out later.
0: Yeah, and who was the the strap maker from England?
1: Uh, Equus.
0: Yes, we Equus also I one. I also uh, reviewed them a, a, a few a good few years ago. I think it must have been two thousand seventeen or two thousand eighteen when I reviewed the guys from Equus and the beautiful straps. And not only that, but they had um, I I received one strap from them and it was in in um, um wrapped in this beautiful box. And then it's just like a paper box, but like a, you know, like a hard carton box and paper box. And yeah. you opened it and it was individually wrapped with a sticker and a little bow on it. And I'm not sure if they deliver every strap oh, like wow. that, but I guess so. It was really um, ver- very nicely done, I have to say. And and the video is also pretty enjoyable for, for someone. I also like that stuff. I also watch, you know, hour-long videos on YouTube of guys yeah. um, servicing watches and things like that. So yeah it
1: sounds like i need to step up my packaging game all right
0: (laughs) no 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 that was not no i'm sorry that was not a complaint (laughs) no not at all not at all i mean i have to say i've seen you know so many packages (laughs) it sounds a bit weird right but i've seen so many so many (laughs) so many straps by now and um, um, no it just stood out i remember because it was it was almost too nice for for what it was and i am i supposed to take this out and put it on a watch now and and it's gonna get wrinkled and stuff so uh, so yeah, that was, a, that was um, a very nice touch from them. So that's cool. That's great stuff. So what's your first memory, you know, like seeing a strap or thinking, mm, I would be able to, is that that YouTube video and you were just surfing around or you were specifically looking for leather goods or something like that, or you just really wanted something that you can do in your apartment, as you said, because you were without a workshop?
1: Yeah, it was it was literally, you know, I I think a Sunday morning just hanging out on the couch with a cup of coffee, just flipping through like uh, watch reviews on YouTube. And this video popped up Mm. and, you know, I've I've had the opportunity to meet some great strap makers here locally in the area. And, you know, I've I've had straps, uh, nice straps that I always liked. I never thought about making them. Uh, And then I saw this video and I was like, oh. Like I didn't realize that you could do it with just hand tools. I always thought that you had to have like really heavy machinery and mm. you know tons of shop space, uh, big uh, cutting machines and sewing machines and um, all mm-hmm. of those kinds of things. I didn't realize it was so accessible, um, you know, given the right amount of time spent on learning the craft uh, and, and teaching yourself how to do it well. So it's like, all right, well, hey, you know, I'm, I'm pretty handy. I, I can work with my hands. All right. So let's give it a shot.
0: Yeah, but it's a very different, uh, type of work, isn't it? Like you said, you did, you used to <laughs> build is. furniture with your dad. That's, that's big, yeah. heavy lifting and stuff and machinery, as mm-hmm. you said, versus, versus a strap, which is completely different. I I would assume.
1: Yeah, it's, it's been a journey. I mean, my, <laughs> if you go, I think if you go all the way back on my Instagram, you can see some, you know, I, I would never sell straps that look like that today. I'd be embarrassed to, to send them to clients. Um. But you know, we all start somewhere, um, and it's, sure. it's been a journey. It's been three years. Uh, it's every single year. I think my work has gotten better and better and better. Um, but yeah, it's it's totally different. The the level of detail that you have to pay attention to, you know, with with big products, the tiny little details might fly under the radar for for people who aren't paying very close attention. But when the entire product is measured in millimeters, um, you know, here in the U.S. Mm-hmm different measurement systems when you get down to the tiny millimeter increments um it's inherent that somebody is looking at a finer level of detail and a smaller product so you really have to pay attention you really got to be on your game and make sure that what you're what you're selling is delivering at that small level of
0: detail How how is that working with the metric system versus uh you know inches and stuff
1: uh, it is so much easier. I really wish that the U.S. <laughs> would just switch. It just makes so much sense when it's based on tens, you it know, does, doesn't and, it? And, and and easy decimal place swaps. And you know, uh, twelve centimeters is one hundred and twenty millimeters. It's a very easy yep. conversion. And uh, it's funny too because it's very difficult to find fine uh, measurement instruments that measure in metric here in the mm-hmm. United States. Like going on Amazon and like trying to find a um, precision caliper uh Mm -hmm. to to measure lug width uh they're all like i i had to buy one in inches the the dial is in inches they have like a measurement scale for millimeters on the on the long piece but the dial that measures like down to the thousandth of an inch is in uh, i don't even know what the measurement system is called imperial or
0: yeah i think so yeah uh-huh. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I, I have I... one from eBay for like $10, which has millimeters and inches. You can flip with a button. I can send you one, man. That's no problem.
1: You, the dial does?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a quartz. No kidding. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was a, it's called, uh, what's it called? Wait, it's on the table. Electronic digital caliper. We have nothing special. And um, carbon fiber composite digital caliper. And I I think it was pretty cheap. And you have three buttons, on-off button. A millimeter or inches button and the zero button and well, um, maybe i'm just
1: not looking hard enough
0: <laughs> but, well I, I know your address i think so i can I'm, I'm happy to send you one and i think the best calipers in the world fun fact i have a friend who's also a leather is a shoemaker actually so he's he's making oh, shoes wow. but also other leather goods and he's making a shoe for me but i'm in a pair of shoes i hope it's gonna yeah. be ready soon he said that the best calipers are coming from japan i never knew oh, that definitely yeah never knew that
1: yeah, the caliper I have is from. I, I like I like mechanical or analog calipers, so it has the mm-hmm. physical analog dial on it. it. Mine's from Japan, but it's in inches. It's just,
0: yeah, I have I one Swiss they made. Don't, they now.
1: don't use that measurement system over there. They use metric, right?
0: <laughs> in Japan, i <I've, laughs> yeah, I would think so. But funny thing is, because I think they use miles as well for for distance. Really? And yeah, because they also drive on the other side. I mean, they they have the uh, use the steering wheel on the right oh all so right well, i think it's a mix yeah um i was supposed to ask you something and i forgot when we talked about the metric system uh well never mind um so is there a is there a favorite style or or a favorite leather that you like to work with like do you have a favorite leather or do you have a favorite watch strap style or design that that you fancy or Ooh. you just, you know, dip your beak into anything and everything.
1: Um I think the short answer is anything and everything. I think the longer answer is it really depends on I think the watch and maybe just like what I'm what I'm excited about at that point. Mm-hmm. So it, when I first started in leatherworking um, you know, I, I didn't know as much about leather as I do now. And at first when I started, I was like, Oh, Chrome tan leather. Like, I'm not really interested in using Chrome tan leather. It's, you know, it's, um, it's cheaper. It was a product of, um, the manufacturing revolution. And, um, you know, it's, I, I would rather stick to, if I have an old, uh, old world technique, I'm going to stick to the traditional old world leathers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And over time, have grown to really appreciate chrome tan for different circumstances. You know, it's uh, inherently when you're tanning leather, you replace, you're displacing water molecules and collagen cells with either vegetable tannins and vegetable tanning or chrome mm-hmm. molecules and chrome tanning. So actually like heavy metal molecules. Chrome molecules are much smaller than vegetable tannin molecules. So you end up getting um, more densely packed fibers, which makes the leather a lot more flexible. So Mm -hmm. for comfort, I mean, chrome tan is incredible, Um, but also chrome tan leather is typically treated in a way that resists. So uh, it becomes inorganic. So chrome is an inorganic material. So it doesn't take on and um, moisture and oils and patina, um, but it also resists moisture. Uh, So Mm -hmm. typically chrome tan will uh, stay the same. So it's great for, or stay the same over time and it's great for colors so if you know somebody wants a really vibrant red um and they want it to stay vibrant red forever then i would suggest a chrome tan leather do you a like
0: those natural. do you like those i mean because if as far as i'm concerned i love natural colors right there's very right. what something is very bright red or bright green or bright blue it it yeah. kind of feels uh, unnatural to me or strange to me when it comes to right. a leather product well a strap of course i know backpacks and bag- bags and stuff are made from the colors sure. but I'm, I'm i'm more of a, a natural brown and and green and beige type of guy what's personally, your personally i yeah.
1: i am too mm-hmm. you know uh, ju- that's just a personal choice i don't judge anybody who likes really vibrant rich colors uh, or saturated colors but sure um you know Clients love them, and I'm I'm here. You know, my entire business is built around bespoke and serving needs that clients can't get met elsewhere. So you know, I, I stock just about anything you could you could think of or or want.
0: So you still do everything at home like you used to. Uh, you sent me this yeah. video of your uh, was it your living room, your dining room with the with the table yeah. just <laughs> unpacked everything, and it was it was I, I love what really when somebody is able to create something. I'm absolutely unable to do that. And that's why I said my, my, my shoemaker friend is I'm, I'm always sitting in his workshop and I'm like, dude, that's just, that's just amazing. what you can do with yeah. your hands.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I've graduated from my dining room table. Um, <laughs> so that, that video I sent you was in my apartment, my first apartment in Minneapolis, when I moved here, mm. uh, I've since I, I bought a duplex, renovated it and have moved out and now have a, a single family home. Um, but I, I'm in my basement now. I have a much larger office slash studio. I'm Brilliant. sitting right across the table from from my workbench and have a lot more space for better equipment. That further has kind of enabled me to to do more things with my craft, which is exciting. But yeah, a little bit bigger space now.
0: And you don't only you don't only make the straps, but you also photograph them. I mean, the the photos on your Instagram, right? Is is exclusively yeah. from you, or or mostly from you?
1: Yeah, the, I. There was a period, and I think the last review that we did, um, mm-hmm. I had sent over some ready wear straps that I had done with a manufacturing partner out in um, Asia, and I had those professionally photographed by Ty Alexander over here mm-hmm. in uh, Wisconsin, who's a, a good friend of mine. Um, but yeah, all the other all the other photography is done by me, uh, which is. No, I, I didn't realize I was going to have to learn photography when I picked up leatherwork, but now I'm pretty deep in that hobby as
0: well <laughs> yeah guess what? and I never thought I'm going to pick up photography when I started writing for watches and then I realized yeah. that it's, it's uh yeah it's a rabbit hole and it's uh, it's yeah. a very very deep rabbit hole buying all the lenses and cameras and really batteries is. and upgrades and stuff like that yeah, yeah no. and um when we talked about straps, I thought you're going to mention your your signature racing. Uh, straps because this is something that i i've been seeing this for a while now um yeah and for those of you who don't i mean obviously this is a podcast so do you mind explaining how that came about and how do you make it and how because it doesn't look like a race like when you think of racing straps right you look you think of a leather strap with holes in it and this is something different
1: right yeah it's uh so just to kind of briefly explain it's just a, a traditional strap silhouette with a uh, kind of large oblong uh, cutout in the center of the top of the strap kind of if you think before the holes on the long piece uh, closer to the lug maybe a a 40 millimeter cutout with a relief that exposes a different color of leather um uh inside of the strap
0: very cool um and
1: and folks can go on the website and check out the gallery of my straps. And I think it's the first one there, but, um, yeah, that, I got a message from a designer friend of mine who works with some watch brands here locally in the twin cities, asking me, um, if I could come up with a unique nautical design. Mm. And I, I, that was actually the origin of it was, um, my thought of, all right, how am I, how am I going to create something, nautical that's unique that hasn't been done before. And I just started iterating and I ended up coming to this design and when I actually made it, so I I designed it in my vector software where I make my templates. And after I made it, I thought, you know, this doesn't really look nautical. It definitely looks sporty and more like racing oriented. So uh, that's the way I decided to brand it. Um, But it's, it's been a really popular Style for me. I actually just shipped one out a few days ago uh, to a new client. I think in uh, um, Arizona. I think that one went. Yeah, Very it's um, cool. it's it's been unique. Some good reception on that design. It's been a lot of fun.
0: So is it like three pieces? Like you have the lining at the bottom, and then you have kind of like a sandwich, yeah, uh, exactly. sandwich strap. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, exactly. It, it's it's the same construction method as if you were to just add some full width padding to the top of the strap above the holes. Mm -hmm. just with that center perforation in the middle, uh, just to expose what that leather is. It's difficult to execute though, because you have the grain side showing and grain. uh, I typically use a uh, French goatskin for that Mm -hmm. sandwiched uh, piece of leather, and it doesn't accept glue very well. It's very difficult to adhere while you're constructing the strap before you can get stitches into it. Um, I've, figured out a, a method that, that works
0: pretty consistently now. Yeah, they look, they look pretty nice, I have to say, and, and something you don't yeah, really you. see too often. Um, yeah. Another one of my favorite was, I, I, it was a while ago, I saw that one you made for uh, an Omega Dynamic, the one with the yeah. hole in the middle, which is, I have one of those watches and I have the bracelet and oh, I have cool. the straps as well. And the straps are really uh, hard to come by now because obviously it's a, yeah. it's a vintage uh, vintage watch, but but uh, that that must be interesting project to do something like that
1: it it was yeah it's um that actually came from i I work with a couple um authorized dealers here locally uh when you know when clients come in and they're looking for something that they don't have they typically um, either send them directly to me or, or work with me on behalf of the client and that was one of those where we were they were kind of working as a as a middle person and um yeah it was it was a really fun design i'd never done anything like it it was a really challenging uh strap to make uh with precision um Mm -hmm. you know that that was the first time i had ever done anything like that and it it was a fun problem to solve and have you done have
0: you done another one since i'm sorry uh
1: yes yep just one other so i've done two now um (laughs) okay yeah
0: did you have a template or something like a like a did they bring you the old one so you had to you could copy the measurements or
1: yes yeah i i went and picked up the watch uh so i could get some really precise measurements to to make sure it was going to fit and i ended up finding pictures of other straps online and was able to to take some dimensions from them as well uh, and created my own template
0: Mm -hmm. yeah for those of you that don't know this is like a one-piece leather strap whether kind of like a nato when uh but in the middle it's much wider and there's a hole in the middle of the leather and the This dynamic is, uh, it has like a retainer ring on the back. So you unscrew the ring, you push the watch back through this hole and then you screw back the retainer ring and that holds the watch in position. And you can also use it for a bracelet. Um, And there's also another option where you have, um, the watch doesn't have lugs, right? Because the the retainer ring keeps it in the the leather strap. And I have a ring. When I bought mine, it came with a ring which had um, lugs. So you can actually catch no any normal, uh, yeah, any normal watch strap. I think it's a 20, 18 or twenty millimeter. Yeah, if you go on Fratello and you search for that on Omega Dynamic article, shameless plug, uh, you'll find my article. And I think the pictures are with this retainer ring thingy, or like not this re- this this ring in between the retainer ring and the watch case, which has two of uh, the locks, and then you can add normal straps. Oh, but very it's, cool! Uh, yeah, it's definitely.
1: That client, I'm sure he would uh, enjoy grabbing
0: one of those if he So could. somebody said to me that these these uh, lugs, or let's call them lug rings, I'm not sure. Yeah. These are not uh, official Omega products, and they were made in the oh. in Asia back in the day. Um, yeah. But funnily enough, most of them I see when they pop up, most of them pop up in Scandinavia. So hmm. either everybody from Sweden and Denmark went to Asia in the 70s and bought Dynamics, or something is fishy with that with that story. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. I, I haven't asked anybody at Omega yet, but, but you, you don't really see it often. But um, yeah, but that's I, that's a challenge, finding those straps now, the, the normal oh, dynamic sure. straps. Yeah. So um, I was thinking, you know, when you talked about watches, and um, obviously I was browsing your, your Instagram the other day, do you have like a, well, I guess I, if you... If I look at your Instagram, you already answered the question. But is there a benchmark watch, like a model that you have in mind when you know when creating new straps? Or you know, are you the type of guy who just you know that, like follow trends and and tries to cater to the audience? Uh, or is not it necessarily like one watch? You know, like this is this strap would always look good on the Speedy. I had I was thinking about the Speedy even
1: Yeah. You know, I, I started with the Speedy and I just really lucked out that I ended up buying a, a watch that works with just about any strap you could imagine. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of my work is completely client driven. Um, I, my entire business is based on bespoke made to order straps. And, you know, the, the way my, my ordering process works, I've got a, an ordering forum on my website where clients can go and, and kind of build their strap, if you will, um, and and really take full autonomy in designing it themselves in every single aspect that can be customized. They they make their selections on how they want mm-hmm. it to look, and um, I get that order. Um, I review it. You know, at, at the very end, I ask what watch they're putting it on, um, so there I can verify. You know, lug width, and I can also kind of make sure that what what they're looking for is going to accomplish what I think their vision might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I usually will respond back to them and say, Hey, you know, but with this watch, maybe this, this may not be the right selection. Maybe I'd recommend going this way instead, or if you do this, this is the way it's going to look. Is that what you're trying to achieve? Mm-hmm. Uh, and just have a little bit of dialogue with them to, to really, you know, to, my, my straps aren't cheap. They're not the most expensive in, in the bespoke world, but you know, there's, are certainly, you know, not throw away money. And I sure. just want to make sure that clients... Uh, are are getting a product that they're going to be happy with over the long term. And if I can help uh, kind of mitigate any issues down the road, up front and early, uh, Mm -hmm. that's, that's always better for both of us. So always happy to consult in that way, but um, to answer the question uh, I use uh, lately, I've been using my IWC Mark 18 quite a bit Mm -hmm. for a strap model. Um, I've also been experimenting with uh, only photographing the straps themselves versus putting them on a watch. Mm-hmm. um just gives, you know, just to highlight more of the craftsmanship and try to uh limit the um exposure just based on the watch but um yeah it's
0: completely client driven you still not do this uh full time right just you, you you still have your your normal yeah. job so to speak
1: yeah my full time my day full-time, job so yeah. consultant by day leather worker by night and weekend <laughs>
0: uh do you have any style any strap style color material that you would not make
1: oh that's a really good question um
0: anything basically because you know if an email comes in and the guy wants yeah i don't know this style or that color or use this letter or whatever and you say nah, i'm not for whatever reason
1: yeah um but the the only orders that I've had to turn away are ones that require uh, some some kind of uh, adapter fitting inside of the strap to like flush fit against a case. Mm-hmm. You know, the, those adapters are not widely available. They you know for somebody like me, they would have to be custom made. I just don't have that capability uh, to sure. do something like that. You know, I've I uh, purchased a, a modern Cartier Santos, the midsize, uh, a few years ago and have, I mean, I wish that I could make straps for it. I know somebody else is, um, the connection mechanism that Cartier has manufactured and developed is patent protected. So it's, you know, I I don't want to replicate it. I don't want to get any, get in any hot water with Cartier. I, I haven't, I've hired a couple, um, product engineers or mechanical engineers to try and find a way to create a a unique novel adapter that would engage with the Santos, um, mm-hmm. so that I can make my own straps for it. Haven't been successful, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so, uh, really specific adapter styles. I can't do, um, nothing really material wise that I won't do like color combination style. Um, you know, I try to keep an open mind. I think, some straps are more challenging than others. Like I have clients who come to me looking for, like a, a very specific style of something else that they've seen. I think one other thing I wouldn't do is if there's another artisan who's who's made a unique style of their own, and if somebody mm-hmm. were to come to me asking to replicate it, that's not that's not something I would do. Um, you know, if I expect people to to respect my unique designs, I obviously need to respect other people's unique designs. But also, I know many of these makers and um they're oftentimes very good people that i just respect and um want to make sure that their unique designs stay there
0: their own yeah totally get it i mean there's there's been some some talks about certain nato like or whatever straps uh in the industry that's been copied and some that one guy yeah. says that they copied me but the other one said that no they copied me so i i totally yeah. get your uh, totally get your point um so when it comes to you know the company Alexander, what are you most proud of um could be anything could be a strap could be Whatever. What are you most proud of when 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 it comes to Bella Alexander?
1: Yeah, uh, first thing that comes to mind is the feedback that I've gotten around my attention to uh, attention to detail. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I pride myself on just excellence in every area of my life. Or you know, maybe if I haven't achieved excellence, it's a it's a constant pursuit of excellence. So when clients, when I get feedback about how happy they are or how excited they are about, you know, even people, people compliment me on my back stitches, yeah, like <laughs> tiny little things. But the, these are the clients I work with. You know, they, they are, they want something very specific. That's why they come to me. Um, mm-hmm. But they'll compliment me on very specific things. And if you go look at my reviews, none of them are filtered, by the way. I don't restrict uh, anybody's feedback anywhere. So you go to my website, you can find my Google reviews. I still have a presence on Etsy. You can find reviews there. Um, consistent five-star ratings and almost everybody mentions it mentions attention to detail. So that's something I'm very, very proud of. Um, I think the other thing is just, you know, I I've always had the itch to be an entrepreneur uh, ever since I was a little kid. I remember I, I grew up in a trailer park in Indiana, you know, we didn't, we didn't come from a lot of money. Uh, but I would like sit on the sidewalk and try to sell my drawings to people who are driving by. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't very successful there, but that just to illustrate my kind of desire for entrepreneurial ventures, um, young in life and to finally have built something that is actually, you know, successful, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, by, by business measures. And personally, I, I feel that I've been successful in what I'm doing. It's still a side business. It wouldn't sustain my entire life, but, um, know just i'm proud of building something and hopeful about what it could potentially become and just continuing Mm -hmm. to build and grow and see where it goes you know it's something that's very exciting to me
0: sure for sure i mean absolutely your 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 steps are marvelous i mean anybody can read my reviews and not absolutely not biased but but i'm i'm very you know um basically every time and every time it's been two times you send me straps are blown away by the by the quality and especially because it's it's you know that it's handmade i mean you can yeah. replicate this quality with machines sure maybe even yeah. better ones but when it comes sure. to from start to finish from a big piece of leather and uh and a stencil and uh and a knife up until putting it in the in the package and shipping everything is handmade that's uh that's something yeah. else and um and you should be proud of we work because it's really 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 beautiful so kudos I
1: appreciate you saying yeah. that thank you
0: absolutely so what's the actually i was thinking when you were talking about you know it's still a side business what's the plans for 2022 and maybe let's say for the next five years you want to move this grow this or are you happy where it is
1: i uh, i'm really conflicted with that um the way that i've so I, I would love for it to to grow and become my full time gig and uh, and create something really special in the world. Um, um, I think the way that I've built my business up to this point, I I am the biggest bottleneck. My um, ability to commit my time to making straps. You know, each, each strap takes usually a minimum of three hours. I would say the average strap takes four to five hours to to make because mm-hmm. it's done entirely by hand from start to finish. So, you know, you can only charge so much for a strap, I think. Um, sure. Uh, and I think operating within those levels of acceptability for what people are willing to pay for a small leather good, I am going to be the base bottleneck. It's going to be time and, and production. And I was thinking through what would it take? How much time would I have to give to be able to get this to a point where I could sustain? my life Mm -hmm. with JustVal. And I'm essentially buying myself a full-time job plus. And, you know, when I think through uh, building a a really successful business that I don't think that's sustainable over the long-term, I think it could be sustainable over a short period of time, but I I would need some help at some point because that's just to sustain my life as it is today. You know, I'd be working a full 45-hour week uh, making straps full time. And then I have to think through, well, how, how much time am I I able to dedicate to photography or Mm -hmm. to working directly with clients for consultation? So I, I think that's a big question mark for me. It's, uh, what's realistic, I think is the question that I have to ask myself. And, you know, unfortunately we're not lucky like, um, some Eastern countries who have access to incredibly skilled, Leather workers. I mean, there are some incredible artisans um, in the East who are doing really, really great work. Uh, You just don't see that very often in in the United States. Um, You know, I'm I'm connected with some folks who make straps here, but you know, most most of uh, those groups are making them in more of a mass manufacture way, not necessarily Mm -hmm. like huge scale, but um, definitely mass manufacture methods and. That's not what I want for my brand. Um, I will always want it to be 100 percent handmade. Focus on bespoke, and that's it's it's a challenge to scale. It's, it's a challenge to plan that scale. So I I would like to. I'm actively working on figuring out how might I do that um, in the time that I'm able to, to dedicate to it. Um, but it's
0: it's definitely a question mark. You need a partner that just as crazy about straps as you are, you know, and then make I know, a and the, <laughs> <laughs> who's
1: who's willing to go on the journey early uh, before it's you know necessarily exactly. gonna gonna make anybody a whole lot of money, but
0: yeah come on baby let's do some pictures now <laughs> some yeah <straps> <laughs> let's pick maybe some somebody will hear
1: this podcast and reach out i don't
0: know you can also use the link on your tinder profile if you have one if you ever if you ever set one up just feel free to i can give you the raw material <laughs> yeah. and then you can take this
1: <laughs> i think my fiance would have something to say about that i don't think she'd be much of Oops. a fan. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's tell her it was Balaji's fault. Eh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but but I I totally understand the challenge. I mean, it's um we I, I just talked to uh, a guy Terry Terry Craft that I, I reviewed his strap last year straps last year and um, he just messaged oh. me the other day. He's a, a guy in Canada, right? And yeah. he said, um, "You know what? I'm quitting my job and I'm gonna I'm gonna do this full time." And I have to say. Wow. I don't know if it's, uh, if it's a, a silly or a ballsy move, but I think it's the latter. Like you really have to, and I'm not saying that you should quit your job, right? But right, right, right. This is really the type of determination that, that I'm saying, okay, this is, this is not bad. You may be, yeah. you may be the, the silliest person in the world, or you're the smartest, and you have a, but you definitely have a vision. Um. Yeah And yeah. you know,
1: I could, I could argue either way. You, know, if you read sure. if you read up on Adam Grant, he wrote a book called The Originals and in there he was talking about the guys who started Warby Parker and they moonlighted it until it got to a place where they could comfortably transition over full time. Mm-hmm. And Adam Grant would advocate for that for that method. But then if you watch shows like Shark Tank, the sharks are constantly telling people, quit your job so you can focus 100% of your time to to get it to where you need it to be. And uh-huh. you'll have that motivation because it's the only thing you got.
0: Yeah m- so but I, I get both motivation will not pay the rent right
1: That is very true. I would <laughs> If I were going to do that I would need to have, you know, a fair safety net in place mm. to get me by for at least a couple of years I think. But no, Yeah, we'll, totally. We'll see. Totally.
0: So let's chat a bit about watches because we kind of touched them and you talked about the the Speedy and, and the other other Omega but so is there a favorite brand and model? Is is that Omega yeah. safe to oh. say or do you have something else? IWC, perhaps. I
1: don't own one, but I love Lange. Um mm-hmm. Huge fan. I just, I love their design aesthetic. I love their kind of tumultuous history and and what they went through and to to come out on the other side of, you know, the Soviet occupation of yeah. Eastern Germany and to rebuild this beautiful historic brand um and i yeah again their design language just really speaks to me and german engineering it's um, yeah i just
0: so that's on the wish list
1: oh 100 percent. yeah that's um the which one uh saxonia datagraph mm-hmm. is beautiful. like that that's the watch i'll buy when i feel like i've made it in life <laughs> i don't know well, if i'll ever get if there if you can afford that
0: watch you definitely made it in life I have to say. yeah yeah
1: that's that's where i'd like to be um I think more realistic, like more realistic for me today and where I am in life. Um, I'm really enthusiastic about IWC right now. I've mm-hmm. I never really understood them uh, until I I bought that Mark 18 uh, just geez six seven months ago, back in October, um, and I've just been reading up on their history and have just really appreciated them as a brand and what they do. And uh, I I really appreciate their design language as well. Um, I've I've always personally stuck to really uh, kind of uncluttered dials, very minimal um, kind of looks. Mm -hmm. And I'm finding myself getting really interested in like IWC big, big pilots uh, Mm -hmm. or big crown and their chronograph models. And they have a, they just did their annual AMG edition uh, chronograph that has a carbon fiber dial that, is not something I ever would have considered previously up to this point. And I'm just finding myself getting really excited about that. And uh,
0: it's matching your car, right?
1: Yes, it does. (laughs) I
0: I don't, did you know that? I don't don't know if you knew that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know which one, but it's a, it's a Benz. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm a, uh, I've, I've owned and driven the kind of the, Three kind of accessible German luxury cars, if you will, so Audi, BMW, Mercedes, and uh, I'm definitely a Mercedes guy
0: through and through. So which one? Which one do you have now?
1: Uh, just a GLC 300, so mm-hmm. kind of a their entry level midsize SUV, um, which I I really love. I got it a few years ago and um, just got a good good deal, low mileage, still warranty, mm. uh, paid a, paid a good price before cars got really expensive like they are now. Um, oh yeah. I was lucky just looking the other day and i'm not oh, upgrading anytime soon don't,
0: don't so. even don't even start yeah look at the gas no. prices <laughs> and, and these prices right 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 yeah um what about what about nomos by the way thinking of a german clean design you know i
1: know i want to
0: love nomos and well
1: <laughs> let me preface it a, a representative from nomos came a couple years ago to one of our local ad's who's, who sells nomos and presented about the brand and uh he came over from germany it was, it was Really special to be able to talk to him, and I really appreciate what they're doing. Um, I, I think they have incredible craftsmanship, um, beautiful attention to detail. The watches are very unique. It's something fresh. It's different, especially kind of in that in that price range. I just can't get on board with the Bauhaus design language. Okay. It just I I personally am just not a fan. That's not anything against what they're doing. Again, they do incredible work. Beautiful watches, uh, just I, probably not for me.
0: Sure, it's not for everybody. But yeah. you know, when people talk about clean German design, that's what they yeah. they often refer to: Nomos or Jungkans, the Max Bill collection. But definitely, right. the, the the Bauhaus is a very specific era in design when it comes to yeah. everything, basically, not, not houses and and furniture and and uh, watches, uh, absolutely. So. So uh, I mean, you know, with Lange, you're, you're you're safe. That's that's a wonderful company. And yeah. the Watches are absolutely uh, you breathtaking. Know, w- one watch we're talking
1: clean watches. Have you seen Holfenrichs? Um, In I think it's uh, uh, Dilett.
0: Is it Denmark? Not i at the it, not sure came- to be honest it doesn't ring the bell but could be Okay they're
1: going to be really angry with me if if that they, well they're not going to hear them. well I don't know fratello is pretty big hey, they might Come on this. let's hold oh, hey, I, come no. On. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm thinking I was thinking through the lens of me it's like oh they're not going to listen to me but oh I'm on Fortella They're be mad at me they, for they not actually knowing your this. brand <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um
1: no they they do 3D printed watch cases like completely Oh yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. it's they're Beautiful. Oh my gosh, they did a special edition with the rake um maybe a year ago now. And oh my gosh, if that watch had a date, I'm a i am I know this is very polarizing for people. I, I love a date. I use it very often. And I find when I wear watches without them, I am constantly kicking myself that I don't have it. But if that watch had a date, I would buy that thing in a heartbeat. It is gorgeous. I love the design. Um I can't remember what they call it. It's like a brutalism uh something I can't remember, but just incredible and 3d printed and they make them in precious metals too i think they did the they've done the first solid gold 3d printed watch in the world um and it's just incredible
0: they're beautiful you mean wait a second you mean the holton ricks right yes yeah yeah they're dutch dutch okay they're dutch yeah and this is a this is a brand i personally have not been there but but the guys from the Netherlands they've been to the to the so Robert Kahn in York and Bad, they've been to the, yeah. to the workshop um and we have a, a a common friend who was a friend of the brand for a while uh, or, or he is a friend of the brand uh, yeah Holten Ricks. yeah it's, uh, um, it's, it's a um they it's a Dutch dude actually in, in based in Amsterdam so um you Got know it. it's, it's the, the the Hague and Amsterdam not, and Rotterdam they're not too far from each other so you can uh, hop in the car or hop on a train and just be there in I don't know 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I was, I was. Okay, so was
1: you know them. You're stuff. safe. You can yeah. just blame it on my terrible American pronunciation. No, 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 so.
0: no, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm not sure he's gonna listen, but hey, yeah, hold bricks, <laughs> that's the one. That's the one. Um, yeah. so if you could create a strap for for a special watch, it, it could be like one model, like you know the watch of I don't know, the Paul Newman Daytona, or it could be a, a model in general. Which one, which watch would that be?
1: Oh, um, oh, That's a tough. these are great questions. Thank um, you. <laughs> very thoughtful. <laughs> That's what I do. Um, you know, I, I don't really think about straps that way. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think through, you know, how well can I execute this, this, thing that I'm making and does it work well with the watch that it's going to be on. It's less about kind of aspiring to a specific watch and more the balance between is what I'm making going to fit the, the, the Mm -hmm. thing that we're going to put it on. Um, I don't, I don't know that I have a specific watch that I'd really like to make something for. I think, um, I've, I've been excited lately that I had my first, uh, FP Journe client, uh, which is, you know, I think, uh, Jean Rousseau makes beautiful straps. I know a lot of FP Journe guys, go to them and and they're they're wonderful and I had the opportunity to to make one myself and they have a you know obviously a curved lug uh, which which I do lots of but finally had my first Journe client and that was a lot of fun but um, I would say uh, something that I appreciate uh, a very unique watch of a maker a, a friend of mine in California Attila Azadi, who may, maybe you've chatted with I don't know I know uh, of him. Yeah, he's gosh his his designs are incredible. Um, I, I know he has a relationship with Phillips, the auction house, and mm-hmm. um, he had the opportunity to make a custom strap for Marlon Brando's GMT that he wore in Apocalypse Now when mm-hmm. it went up for auction. Yeah, and you know that like I I was so excited for him when I saw that I was just like oh my gosh what an opportunity to be able to do something so special and, you know, his, his design, his Raptor bootstrap just made perfect sense for that watch. It was a beautiful pairing and, and executed remarkably well. Um, but, you know, I think something like that would be really special, like a, a really historically significant piece or, you know, something that, you know, enthusiasts are, are really after to have the opportunity to make uh, a strap for a watch of that pedigree, I think would be really special, but I, I don't have anything specific in mind.
0: Yeah. Like a flown Speedmaster watch that's been on. Yeah. uh,
1: Oh yes. That would be, that that would be incredibly special. I I feel like that would be something that would inspire me to do something completely different than anything I've done, uh, which would be a lot of fun.
0: So let's hope, let's hope that, uh, this, the email comes soon from someone or, or an auction house or a company. If I, if I had a watch like that, I would tell you, unfortunately I don't, but, but, um, yeah, you never know. I mean, um, Hey, the well, one, I up, think up.
1: one of your buddies has a, the Goldie Speedmaster, right?
0: Solid Gold Speedmaster? Let's yeah. Let's do something for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. Unfortunately, we don't but have... if I had a Solid Gold Speedmaster, master, n- uh, nah. I, I wouldn't
1: <laughs> take it off the bracelet. So.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But that's yeah. the other thing, right? Sometimes it's just, they just look better on the bracelet or whatever the case totally. may be. But but uh, I get you. So what's the what's the collection? Like you have your your grandfather's Omega, you have your Speedy, you yeah. have your IWC, and of course we see a bunch of other watches, but... I'm guessing some of them are clients, but then, yeah. you know, we see a date just from time to time. There's like a cycle. What's in the what's in yeah. the watch box? I'm I'm about to break
1: your heart, Balaj. Oh. I got rid of my
0: Speedmaster. No, it's gone,
1: man. I know
0: this podcast is I over.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I alluded boy. to it earlier. You know, it, oh, it was boy. one of those things where I would I wore it so often but I was constantly looking at my wrist for the date and it just bugged the crap out of me.
0: Really? And I was like,
1: I know, I know it does. And I'm, I'm crazy. You know, my, my views are not representative of everyone, but it just really bothered me. (laughs) And it got to the point where I was just like, I need a watch with a date on it that I can use as a strap model as well. That's Mm -hmm. actually, I ended up trading that in or I sold it to crown and caliber actually Mm -hmm. Um, ended up buying the IWC Mark Eighteen. So that's that's replaced that spot in my watch box. Okay, Uh-oh. what else? I know. Well, I I will say the new uh, Speedmasters. I can't remember the model, um, but the new Speedmasters that were just announced that come in like the burgundy and green and blue dials. The uh, fifty-seven tribute. I, the, I the might be getting roast. one of those. Yeah. The ones what with the
0: the, the. the you mean the automatics? Not the professionals, yes. but the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah,
1: no, no. Yeah. The it, it's a manual. It was just recently released. It was a manual. It comes in a really beautiful burgundy dial. It, it only has two subdials, so one at oh, yeah. nine and yeah, one yeah. at three. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's definitely on my wish list. So I might. It's not a Speedy Pro, but um, yeah, you know, might be getting a Speedmaster again soon. Uh, but I've got the IWC Mark 18, which uh, unfortunately is in service right now. I've I've been wearing that thing like crazy. Um. Yeah, I bought it six months ago and it had to go in for service, which is not ideal, but, um, I've got that. I have my granddad's Seamaster. I have a, um, Rolex OP date. So the 34 millimeter black Mm -hmm. dial, um, smooth bezel oyster bracelet. That's kind of like my everyday, uh, wear it wherever I want watch. So I take Mm -hmm. that on vacation often because I don't have to worry if I'm getting in the water or getting sweaty. Um, and then my Cartier Santos midsize, mm-hmm. uh, very special watch to me. It was the first trip that I took to Europe was just at the beginning of 2020 before the pandemic hit. I had the opportunity okay. to go to Paris and buy it in the cool. original Cartier store. Um, nice. And then just like uh, uh, G-Shock, uh, a buddy of mine actually gifted me an Oris from the 70s. Uh, before mm-hmm. he moved out to Seattle recently, uh, which I have, and then I also have my granddad's. Um, he has a Gucci watch that he got in Florence, Italy, back in the seventies. Oh, that wow. um, needs a new battery, and it's it's very small. I don't I don't wear it. I I really just kind of keep it and look at it every now and then and
0: appreciate it. Mm. That's I the extent some. of it. So have some. You have some some very interesting pieces. I have to say. Yeah. Very, still a bit good. sad about that Speedy news but hey I know you'll you get know. one back down well, the line. Well, I will
1: say th- this might be the only redeeming factor is that I did originally buy at great market. You know, being new to the watch world yeah. and I had no idea what that meant. I just knew that I could get it for $4,000 versus 6300 yeah. or whatever the price of a Speedy was back in 2016. Um and I bought at gray market and that, oh, you know, once I, once I kind of learned about the relationship, uh, of the gray market with the watch world, it, it always just kind of bugged me a little bit and I felt a little embarrassed about it. Um,
0: yeah, that's so, a, that's a topic on its own, right? Gray market. What yeah. is gray market? What is not? But I, right. I hear you. I absolutely hear you.
1: So um, I'd, I'd like to buy another through
0: legitimate means mm, down the road. Mm, gotcha. Well, as I said, down the line, I hope that I really truly hope that uh, you know, the, the business takes off to the point where you just say, Ah, why not? What the hell? I'm gonna pull the trigger on that speedy or whatever. I would love whatever to. <laughs> whatever is on you. hopefully on the line, yeah, sorry. And let's not let's not be um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's shoot for the stars. So listen, yeah. what what um what I'm thinking is maybe let's do a, a you know, let's play a, a this or that game to to finish okay. off the podcast how do you say about that so um here's a here's a few questions strap or bracelet strap nylon or leather leather omega or rolex
1: oh omega
0: dressy or sporty sporty every day uh buckle or deploy and clasp buckle Twins or Vikings?
1: Neither. I know that's the, that's like the worst answer. I just I have never Wait, been somebody who paid attention to sports at
0: all. Here's the next. Oh, okay, here's the next one. Wild or Timberwolves? <laughs> then
1: uh, again, yeah, I, I I I don't know. Maybe Wild hockey seems more interesting to me, but I don't watch either of them. Okay, sorry, Minnesota. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they love you for that. They cradle you, man. <laughs> Look yeah, what you no. did to them. Um, oh no! <laughs> that, thats why the teams lose. <laughs> nah. People
1: like me who don't pay attention—they're not amping folks up.
0: It's time. Probably time. Uh, yeah. GMT or world timer? Oh, um, GMT. Okay, east coast or west coast?
1: West coast.
0: Camping in the woods or lounging on the beach?
1: Lounging on the beach, sipping a tequila drink.
0: Nice. Uh, <laughs> SUV or convertible?
1: Uh, SUV for practicality, convertible for fun.
0: That's cheating. Okay. Uh, okay, SUV then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Safiano, more practical. Safiano or Epsom leather? Ooh, Epsom. Oh, yeah? Every day.
1: Oh, okay. definitely. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. And the last question where well, you already answered it, but I have, I mean, it's on my list, German or Japanese watchmaking? German. But I guess that's yeah. German. I, right. I right. love
1: love what the Japanese are doing, but my heart is with, with German watchmaking.
0: Well, I mean, you said German engineering, German cars, German watchmaking, yeah. it makes sense, right? So yeah. Um a German SUV on the beach yeah. in the West Coast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's kind of it sounds like an odd combination doesn't it
0: Nah, i mean <laughs> look at the there's a bunch of g-wagons in california so there you have it hey, if hey when they make an electric g-wagon you can you can oh boy. that's that's the, the world comes having. to an end when they're making electric g-wagons i'm telling you
1: hey i'm gonna have a langa in my electric g-wagon <laughs> and i'm gonna be living it up <laughs>
0: <laughs> well listen um before we before we sign off um Tell us or tell the, the listeners how they can find you. I mean, we talked a lot about Instagram and your website. So just, yeah. you know, just plug your stuff, man.
1: Yeah, thanks. Uh, best way to get in touch with me is my website. So velalexander.com V-E-L-L-E-A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R.com. Um you can see my, uh, there's a gallery of uh, strap styles that I make often. Uh, You can see other small leather goods that I've made. You can read a little bit more about kind of the Genesis of why I started Vel and and what it means to me and why it's so important to, to life in general. Uh, You can also find me on Instagram at Vel Alexander. Um, I I have an Etsy presence for now. Uh, I don't know how much, how much longer that's going to be there um, over, over time, but uh you can find me there as well um at Bell alexander
0: yeah I, I have to say I, I looked at your website the other day and it's i i it's very nice i love the the video uh, in the beginning Thank you. obviously you can see you can see you but then more importantly you can see the process and uh, look a little what is that 20 30 second snippet of of basically everything yeah. as we said from cutting the leather to to uh, yeah yeah drawing up the stencils and it's really crazy stuff. I, as I said, I I have the admiration for people who can do stuff like that. So Yeah. Thank you. Great stuff. Absolutely great stuff. Well, Alex, it was a pleasure talking to you. Um we've been, you know, in Same touch to back and forth since nineteen, as you said, but but um but we never had a chance to chat. So so thanks a lot for taking the time and uh I really hope to chat with you soon. We should do this. Um Maybe in a year, just like we did with the with the strap review, she should come back and talk to us a bit about German cars and watchmaking, and and maybe a new Speedmaster by then. Hmm?
1: Hmm? <laughs> it, it seems like that's maybe what you're most interested in.
0: <laughs> no, but you know, was if you're fratello, you have to you have to love a Speedmaster, and and I and I love people who have a Speedy. It's obviously not the only only watch. Actually, I'm wearing a Doxa today, so it's. It's not not only Speedmaster, not only Omega Love, absolutely not. But when I see some, when I have to deal with someone for a strap review, for example, or, or whatever um, yeah. interview, and then I see the person wearing a Speed, it's always like, yeah. yeah, he knows. And you had one, so you're in the club. Don't worry. I did.
1: Oh, perfect, <laughs> great, so a partner for life for the four years that I own one.
0: Excellent. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for joining.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me, Baj.
0: Thank you.